For those of you lucky enough to have been hiking in the forests of North America, congratulations, you've been deep into oak country. Okay, now I know that sounds a bit weird because oaks are almost everywhere across the Northern Hemisphere. We have them throughout Europe and they're also found in Northern Africa and Asia. They've even made a rare foray below the equator into some parts of South America. But it's the Northern Hemisphere where oak holds sway, serving as a keystone species that's foundational to the functioning of our forests. But like I said, it's North America that's really oak country. Oaks belong to the genus Quercus, and it can be easy to think that all oaks are alike. But there are actually 435 distinct species, 60% of which can be found in North America. 60% of 435 species of oak is a lot, 261 for anyone interested in the maths. But to make things a bit easier, you can break North American oaks down into two broad camps, the red oaks and the white oaks. They're not always the easiest to tell apart. Although most species of mycorrhizal fungi and chewing insects can seem to tell the difference, typically forming symbiotic relationships with a species in one lineage over the other. They also tend to grow side by side, but there are some important structural and functional differences. All oaks have vessels that conduct water around the structure of the tree. Whereas red oak's vessels are left open, white oak trees have balloon-like structures called tyloses, which seal those passages up to help create a barrier against fungal diseases such as oak wilt. It's this presence of tyloses that's determined some of the major uses for white oaks over the years. White oak timber is a good choice for shipbuilding or creating wine barrels because its structure means that it's watertight. American white oak, of which the most common species is Quercus alba, is hard and strong, actually much stronger than European oak, which means that it's a solid bet for structural use. So you'll see a lot of white oak being used for furniture and flooring for this very reason. The trees themselves are tall, with beautiful rounded leaves. Then, once you cut into the wood, you see where the tree gets its name from. While the tree's heartwood is light to mid-brown, the sapwood is very definitely paler, with that distinctive grain you get across the whole oak family. That colour is often one of the central appeals of white oak which was certainly the case in one recent architecture project, the Ibstock Place School Refectory in Roehampton, southwest London. Now, if you're anything like me, you might have less than fond memories of school dinners. The food isn't great, and it's typically dished up in settings that, architecturally speaking at least, are somewhat less than inspiring. But the Ibstock Place Refectory is a little different, which is why I'm going to hand over to one of the architects who worked on the project, Thomas Omerod, of London-based practice Macrina Lavington, to tell you more. So the project is a new build refectory on the site of an existing refectory at Ibstock Place School, which is a co-educational independent school in southwest London, um, it's in Roehampton, it has about 1,200 pupils, so there's an awful lot of people that need feeding every day. Ibstock Place is a private school that caters to children across a broad age group, 4 to 18, and given that it was founded in 1894, it's had quite a storied history. 
The school is housed on a 10-acre site on the edge of Richmond Park, and its central building, the titular Ibstock Place, is a listed country house that was built in 1913 by the architect Frank Chesterton. A grand country pile is all well and good, but over recent years, the school has been expanding and creating new buildings to meet its changing needs, which is how Thomas and Macrina Lavington got involved with this plan for a new refectory. Peel is this idea of community coming together and this family, the school's very much a family, that the building is based in um, an existing locally listed country house just on the edge of Richmond Park. They've been there for a number of years and they've expanded over a number of years as well, their campus and sort of the refectory was the final sort of piece in the jigsaw puzzle. It's a very special site. There's a historic garden, which is slightly older than the main house, which our refectory sort of looks onto. So it was really important that we worked with that context, the existing trees. Now, usually an architect's brief from a client is a highly detailed document, but the school gave the studio an almost disconcerting level of free reign over what they could do with this space. We had a very concise brief that was to provide a new refectory. I think the brief said the number of lunches they provided each day, and they just wanted to see what we came up with. <laughs> and the number of lunches was high, I think over 1,000. And that's not the only time the refectory gets used during the day. It's a space that does many, many things throughout the day, from you know, breakfast clubs, first thing in the morning, break time snacks, and then you know, the main event of the day is lunch, where we've got over a thousand people, something like 1,200 people coming through in the space of about an hour, an hour and a half. That poses quite a lot of difficult challenges. How do you make a space that's welcoming and inviting, but also can get these this, this many people through? And, you know, timber is, has been a real kind of key part of that. So we've got pupils who are four years old and 18 years old. So we've got that real mix of people coming through here from people who are sort of the youngest children who it's sort of their first time at school and then people who are ready to go off to university, not to mention hundreds of staff and support staff who also need to use this space. Now, as I mentioned earlier, school dinners are typically quite chaotic affairs. But Thomas and the other architects wanted to create something different that felt more in line with a peaceful garden setting that had been selected for the refectory. So in, in terms of creating a calming space, which is very important to us, you know, thinking of a school dining hall that's full of hundreds of children, there's a lot of things clattering around, lots of crockery. Um, cutlery scraping, not to mention sort of chatter, you know, that bubbles up into shouting and before you know it, everybody's screaming. But the question is, how do you do that? Children by nature don't tend to be bastions of calmness. But the design that the team developed had a number of points that could help to steer the space in a different direction to the norm. You approach the refractory itself through the landscape garden, before entering a brick cloister that suggests mature, collegiate quality. But it's when you enter the dining space itself that the building really takes off. The space is wood, top to toe, with a vaulted ceiling that soars up over the tables, formed from a lattice timber structure. A 
At the top of the building, you have three glazed lanterns that let light flood into the space and keep everything looking pristine and airy. For Thomas and the team, it was clear from the start that this structure needed to be in wood. Timber has those wonderful warm tones and that natural variation, which is almost like being sort of under a forest canopy. And there's all that scientific evidence that you know forests are calming places. So some of this must translate into timber inside buildings. But the question was, what would? To start with, they knew that an engineered glue lamb timber could be used to provide the basic structure of the space. And this then began to set in place the beginnings of the refractory's material palette. For Ibstock, we developed a special treatment for the glue lamb, which was UV stable and had a white pigment to it. So the wood would feel fresh for a long time, you know, for hopefully decades, it will feel pretty much new. And we worked with an Italian manufacturer to do this. They did a lot of samples and tested them in kilns with this rapid heating and cooling process to sort of replicate aging. So that sort of decided what we were going to do with the glue lamb. We were going to treat it with a whitewash to keep it light and fresh and bright. If you already have this light and fresh timber structure, Macrina Lavington wanted to pair this with inset wood panelling that could fill in the building and also help to create a calming, nurturing atmosphere and also incorporate acoustic absorption to soften the background clatter of dining. For this, the practice turned to white oak, inspired in part by some of the design history of the main house. So we're using you know, very traditional material. You think of oak buildings, you think of very historic buildings, old cathedrals, churches, country houses. Um, and there was an element to that inside the, the existing main house at Ibstock. It has this wonderful carved oak staircase, which is, it's very light. And it was, it was something that we looked at early on and thought, you know, this is something really special to tie the refectory the new refectory into the old house, the history of the school, and sort of bring all these things together. Now, it would have been easy for an oak hall to get quite heavy and old-worldy, but the white oak that Macrina Lavington used kept things much fresher and more contemporary. The timber manifests as a series of slats on boards, which were prefabricated off-site to speed up construction, and also brings a beautiful sense of variation across the space. There are subtle differences in colour across the slats, and the team thought a lot about the lifespan of the building and how the oak would age over that period. We wanted a building that would look good on day one and would continue to look good and would age gracefully. You know, we want a sort of a building that has a sort of a very timeless quality. So we had to be really careful with the finishes. We don't want things that are going to scuff and chip and look terrible you know after a bit of use um, some of the sort of things we did were we used very solid pieces of oak for corner panels where we had our prefabricated panels coming together there's always a very robust corner so that can deal with scrapes and knocks and there's a lot of natural variation in the timber which i think helps helps it create have this sort of lived in feel without things starting to look scratched and damaged the team also wanted to reflect on color 
The development period for the project paid special attention to the timber finishes, looking at what could be done to ensure an interesting gradation of colour change as the building bedded in and the timber and glue lamb began to develop a patina. We don't create buildings that look like saunas in sort of 10, 20 years' time. And at Ibstock, where we were matching, or where we had this much larger palette of materials, where we had the oak and glue lamb, it was a really important sort of step to include this, this special timber finish because the two woods were going to sit next to each other and they'll age at different rates and in different ways. And the oak will sort of darkened down over a number of years and the glue lamb will change to a more redder tone so we didn't want to control we didn't want to control how it would age but we wanted to influence it and sort of nudge it in the right direction which is the pleasure of creating a space using a material like white oak it's a living timber and one that can adapt and change to the demands of a space over time Particularly in a building like a school refectory, this sense of life was what White Oak gave to Thomas and the team. So the idea of sort of creating this white, clean surface, it didn't really come to us. It didn't really feel an appropriate thing. This, this building has this life from, you know, I think they open probably at about seven or eight in the morning and then the building is in use right through the day. If you go there in the afternoon, there's often ballet lessons in the hall. So it's really a lot more than just a dining hall. So it has to be a really special place for the school. It's where parent briefings happen there. It has to be a really hardworking, multifunctional space. It's doing, there's the buildings doing so much. It's so much more than a dining hall. It's really the heart of the campus. Which is what made the two such a compelling match. A very American oak paired with a quintessentially British school to create a contemporary multifunctional space. It's a union that has already seen the Ibstock Place School Refractory win an NLA, a new London award, with the jury recognising how White Oak helped to push school architecture into a different kind of space. And I'll leave it to Thomas to explain how. Yeah, it's won a number of awards we've won an NLA award where I think the, um, one of the judges from the international jury said it's great to see architecture for this kind of school that doesn't have to look like Hogwarts. Thank you for listening. I've been your host, India Block, and this episode was produced and edited by Abby Hall. This podcast has been made with and supported by the American Hardwood Export Council.